You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 155 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. What's happening, Gina Malisha? <laughs> <laughs> Lots is happening. It's been uh, – I've had uh, quite a few uh, 2 a.m. finishes, Val, oh, and I think why? Uh, just, it's just busy at the moment and I think okay. I'd, uh, I've just finished uh, – like, I, th- I had a 22-hour day, which I know oh you God. had a few of those. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of living on adrenaline. There's a lot to do, but wow. it's exciting and, and um, I feel quite inspired and, you know, know really enjoying the work as well which is also a good thing so yeah that's great uh, it's been really cool and done some um really cool shoots that I've just loved doing so Mm. yeah how about you what are you doing what am I doing well uh since um, my first commercial commission of my painting because this is my new thing at the moment. Oh, so good. <laughs> I'm now in discussions for seven more. <laughs> wow, Valerie. You're going to have to make yes. a uh, – where do you paint? Like is it you – know, have you got a dedicated space that's like – I do. A, so yeah. when, when we moved into this house downstairs, there was an area that we really weren't using for anything. I think they – the previous um, – the previous owners used it maybe for a dining area or a oh, right. or a labrumpus area or something, but it was a very large area that really wasn't being used for anything. And we just called it the dance floor because it was really large and there was nothing yeah. in it. We had no furniture for it. And I think that uh, that was just waiting to become my painting studio. So it's now – I've now taken it over. <laughs> yeah. And it's now uh, where all my paints and all of my tables – and easels and everything is now. So Fantastic. yeah, it's it's downstairs. So it's a nice area. It's good. It's I I actually know that some people have a separate studio, like you know, like in a little granny yeah. flat or a little yeah, yeah. separate yeah. studio. And I just want to be connected to the house. Yeah, I just I want to that. be with all my pets. And I get that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you need the you need the 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 energy around you, but it's like a lot of people get um have to set up and then pack it all up again. I think that would be frustrating, especially oh, yeah. with a painting, because you don't you'd need to be able to come back to it, walk past it a few times, yes. and then oh, just add a little bit now while I'm on my way <laughs> to make a cup of tea, and four hours later. Yes, <laughs> and the thing is that because I'm painting some large pieces now, I know that a lot of artists actually do that by leaning it against the wall and putting it on the floor because they're that large they have to be on the floor otherwise they can't reach them 
But the thing is, I have four pets, so and the cats oh. which rub up against things. If I had left the paintings on the floor, they'd just be full of cat hair. Yeah. And no lint brush is gonna get them out. So we had to build oh build some giant, giant easels so that they can be elevated from the floor, uh, just enough so that the cats aren't gonna rub against them. But uh, the easels are giant in that they're wide enough to fit really large scale paintings on them. Yeah. So that's that's been a interesting experience necessity is the mother of invention so exactly well that's exciting Val. awesome that is exciting so there you go and i'm learning that you need to photograph your art before you varnish it otherwise the reflection is Mm. way too shiny very good Uh, yeah very good i'm still not great at because it's a whole other thing photographing art i can't tell them to to pose or to you know lean forward or anything like that i know it's interesting and light you got to get the light right you have to have the right light color balance otherwise it's going to change all your colors Totally, even just the ISO changes all the colors. So, um, look it, at the- you, Valerie. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the so ISO all- changes the colors. It does. <laughs> it's all a bit, yeah. So, I, I have not come anywhere near mastering photographing the art because I'm still trying to master the art. (laughs) (laughs) Too many things at once. But anyway, we want to give a shout out to Katie H. Erd. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but Katie H. Erd from the US. And Katie H. Erd has left us, kindly left us a review on iTunes and titled it Engaging and Informative Podcast. Now, Katie Aitherd says, there is so much to learn about the art and science of photography. I'm a hobbyist and have been enjoying photography for a few years, but it is daunting. So much to learn and some of it can be too technical. What I learned from this podcast is a perfect fit for my skill set, is easily understood, and there are supporting show notes as well as examples to help illustrate the subject matter. I'm learning lots of new techniques and the show also helps reinforce or correct or refine what I've learned in the past. The podcast is also fun to listen to. The dynamic between the professional photographer Gina and the budding photographer and interviewer Valerie (laughs) is very fun and enthusiastic. I feel like I'm hanging out with my buddies at the coffee shop. Their Facebook community promises to be very engaging and I love listening to what the weekly challenges will be. I'm so glad I ran across this. Thanks to you and your team for producing it. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, Katie Aitard. Really appreciate it because it's um, it's always very encouraging and motivating when we when we get these reviews. And if you guys do have thirty seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, uh, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, before we move on to this week's mini so this week's little snapshot, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has so far taken up the offer um, that we and I gave you all the secret URL last week because. I know that many of you have been listening to the fact that we've been making this course, How to Master the Magic of Manual Mode and Get Off Auto Forever, one of my favorite courses because it's transformed my photography and it 
really did, has got me off auto forever, even if I don't understand how to do art photography yet. <laughs> you know, I don't know all the skills yet. I, I'm, I love the fact that I am now confident in using only the manual functions and that's because of Gina's course and I love it, how to master the magic of manual mode and get off auto forever. Now, this launched only a few days ago and in the last episode we gave you a secret URL that was not going to be linked anywhere on the website or anything like that because if you go to the website, you'll see the course, you'll see it at full price. But I gave you guys a secret URL um, where you have an opportunity to get the course for free and it's normally $297. US So I'm led, quite a lot of people have taken up that offer and it's only going to be available for a limited time. So check it out now uh, at ginamilitia.com slash manual offer. That's ginamilitia.com slash manual offer. And of course, militia is spelled M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And um, yeah, secret URL. Uh, so hopefully you're listening to this podcast soon because the offer is for a very limited time. And if you are listening to it in the future, you might come to that page and the offer might already be closed because it's a special offer to reward the early adopters because we only launched the course this week. And you can check out all the information about um, what's on the course and what people are saying about it as well because we're getting so many great um, responses and reviews uh, about people who are finding the course awesome because it is awesome. I love it. Anyway, (laughs) let's move on. Yeah, I think it's fantastic, Gina. I think it's really, really well explained and in your weird quirky style, um, which I love, of course. Um, But more importantly, I really, it really has changed the way I photograph. I really did not have the confidence to go full fully manual and now I only shoot manual. So oh, that's exciting. Ooh, Thanks. It Val. is exciting. I'm excited. So <laughs> let's move on to this week's uh, topic, which is the the souk challenge. Yeah. The- so you you would have seen this if you've been in photography forums and pages, you see that people post photos and they'll write underneath this is S O O C. And yeah. maybe some of you are wondering what does S O O C stand for? Souk. And in Australia, mm-hmm. if you're a souk, <laughs> Having a sook means that, like, you don't get your way, so you have a sook. Like, you know, um, I went to a restaurant and uh, I, I wanted the I wanted the eggplant chips, and they ran out. Where they ran out of eggplant chips? It's not fair. <laughs> I, 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 it's I, having a pout and having, having a, a wind. Yeah, <laughs> or it's like I wanted to sit in the that's it's that poor seat. me. It's poor, poor me. me. Where suki suki la la, but suki la la. We call it in Australia. Suki mm-hmm. Lala. So there's another term you can use. Put that in a sentence today. <laughs> um, have a Suki Lala. Have a Suki Lala. Um, but in the photography world, Suk actually stands for images that are shot and displayed straight out of camera. So it's like the original file and nothing has been done to it straight out of camera. So, and technically uh, I would define straight out of camera as a raw file. Are you posting a raw file? Because if you 
call a JPEG straight out of camera. Technically, it is straight out of camera, but you can do a bit of processing on the JPEG in camera. The camera actually does do some processing. It sharpens it. It increases the contrast. It will give you the right color balance. So technically, you know, it's not – I'm splitting hairs now, Val, but it's like, you know, that's what straight out – it's just like the file – without anything done to it. Now, what I want to talk about it is uh, the importance of learning how to nail the shot straight out of camera. And I'm not saying that maybe that's all you should shoot and you shouldn't ever do any post-production to your images. But Val, I remember I was with you when this happened. I was, Mm -hmm. uh, we were on a shoot and um, a mutual friend was watching me download the files from the shots I'd just done, and she said, "Is that what your files look like when they come yeah, out?" Yeah, I remember Emperor? this. And mm. I'm like, "Yes." She's like, "Wow, like they they look right." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how you need." And I said, "The and I said the, the importance of getting them right." in camera means that you are saving yourself so much work after Mm. the fact in post-production. Also, if you get them right in camera, there is um, so much more you can do with image rather than having to fix a mistake. And there's a lot of things that you can't salvage in camera, like, you know. So that's what I want to talk about today, Val. Okay, that's fantastic. I have to start with a quote. It's been a while. Of course. It's (laughs) Gina loves a good quote. Yeah, go on. So you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear and I chose that over the more Australian. (laughs) Shall I say the more Australian version? Say that. Go for it. The the Aussie version of that is you can't turn shit into gold, mate. Or you can't polish a turd, which basically all mean the same thing. Um, You're only as good as the raw materials that you're working with. So if you're starting with um, uh, poor raw materials, you can only take the uh, end result so far. So um, when – have I told you about my bread baking fascinating thing at the moment like it's you baking bread i'm baking bread because like you're in what uh well it's okay so this is how i cheat i have Mm -hmm. a bread maker yeah okay right (laughs) and Mm -hmm. but what i've been doing is the bread maker tends to like it you put the ingredients in and bread comes out the other end it's just like you may as well go to the supermarket really but so what i do is Mm -hmm. i've got the raw ingredients they go into the bread maker the bread maker does makes the dough and then mm-hmm. I take it out and proof it and let it rise and put it in the oven and I kind of feel like I've made mm-hmm. bread. What does proof but it I, mean? But like it, so it rises. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the fact that you can't cook is the only reason that some <laughs> of us get to feel okay about ourselves because, like, honestly, Valerie, it's kind of like there's nothing that you can't do. And, like, you were, like, playing, what was it, bark as a four-year-old? Who does that? And who just goes, oh, I want to be an artist now and I want to paint? And then three weeks later, 
the, oh, yes, I just got a commission. I've got, like, my, my paintings are in a, a major Australian company. Gina, of course, is exaggerating. Anyway. <laughs> so back to the bread. So I just feel, like, a little bit inadequate around you, Val. So I've decided yeah, right, like, as I need if. to. <laughs> just look at your photos. So, oh, God. So, um, so I started making bread and then I got cocky, Val. Because uh-huh. I made this loaf that was just like amazing, and then I got uh-huh. cocky, and I'm like, I don't need the recipe. I'm gonna <laughs> be a bit more slapdash, so I decided uh-huh. to add make olive and feta ciabatta loaf, not uh-huh. just ciabatta loaf. Wow. But I didn't follow a recipe. I didn't. Yeah. I just slapped it all together, and I was really lazy in how I did it all. Uh-huh. And guess what happened? It stuffed up. It completely stuffed up. It was like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> oily because I think the oil in the fat is not if anyone knows how to do that can they please let me know (laughs) serious Mm. but it didn't work because there's a process and it's important that you follow uh, not only have the ingredients measured correctly but you then take all the right steps in the right order to create the loaf of bread at the end photography you could just buy it from the shop or you just Go to the shop and get it off the shelf. Not the same. I don't think there is a better smell. Maybe coffee brewing, the smell of the ocean, uh, rain in the eucalyptus forest and bread Mm. baking. Yeah, that's true. I agree. And then you put the butter on it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the slice the slice bread you buy, you can have a slice and but the baked bread, like it lasts five minutes. So it's not good because you eat a lot of bread, but you know, it's pretty amazing. So photography if you can be slapdash and, you, you know, you can go, oh, I'll just make stuff up and I'll be a bit loose with my style. And when I say loose, it's like I won't uh, really take a proper uh, reading. I won't worry about the skin tone. I won't worry about white balance. I'll just shoot uh, and I'll fix it in post. And I keep mm. hearing that, but it's like, what happens with the bread. It's not the same. So I got this bread. It ended up in the oven, my feta olive loaf. It was all right, but it was never going to be as good as the one that I was careful about and spent, honestly, Val, it was an extra, uh, if I had to spend an extra three minutes doing Mm. the work beforehand, Mm. I would have got a quality product. And I'm saying Mm. that if you spend an extra three minutes on your photography before you press the shutter, you're going to get the amazing result. It's a game changer. And so I'm I'm encouraging everyone to try and get the – image looking fantastic straight out of camera and then you can do the work in post-production but uh, afterwards but you're going to spend less time in post and create a great image so I've got some tips on doing that Val okay fantastic what where do we start on how to bread make your photos (laughs) (laughs) so you can uh, just buy the bread maker Val and basically get your camera and uh, you can like you can buy the loaf from the supermarket and the equivalent of that Val is you get a camera, put everything on auto and shoot. And that's going to give you a okay photo. It's going to be properly exposed and it'll all look okay, but it's going to look the same as the other 50 million loaves of bread at the supermarket. You know what I mean? Yep. 
So uh, I, a better way is to just take that three minutes and just slow down. Now, the, the thing is with um, a lot of new photographers believe that when they're uh, – shooting if they slow down and take too long on the shot they're worried about how they're going to be perceived and if they're taking too long it makes them look like uh an amateur when they're when they're working and um it's it's actually couldn't be further from the truth if you watch a lot of professional photographers who are at the top of their game watch them shoot and, and you would be amazed at how slowly they shoot and how much time they spend in the preparation. And it's actually more like what a new photographer is going to spend 20% of their time preparing for their shot and 80% in post-production. A, an experienced photographer is going to spend 80% of their time preparing the shot and 20% mm. post-production. It's a big difference. But if you put all the work into the preparation and yep. get it right, you'll have a better product at the end and less work to do at the end. And um, that's what I encourage everyone to do. And if you're worried about looking uh, how that you're going to be perceived, imagine how you'll be perceived when you, if you're a bit sloppy in setting up the shot, you've then got to go back and explain to the people that you photographed, I didn't get the shot because it was out of focus or mm. I didn't actually get the shot because uh, I forgot to check my settings and it's completely blown out. And I've done all of these things. I've rushed through, in, you know, uh, shots and done all of that. So I think it's really important. So, so I've got some tips here. Yeah, we... okay. Uh, so let's, firstly – Let's go straight into them. Spend some time, pre-visualise your shot. So yeah. if you've got an idea in your mind's eye of how you want your image to look, it's going to help, really help you uh, capture the shot rather than uh, just – going out and randomly shooting but not really knowing what you're shooting. Now, mm. like, it's good to do that every now and then just to, like, just take shots because they, they happen to be there. But to actually have a have a plan of, like, I want to take a photo of a white cat on a red <laughs> wall, you know, with a yellow ball in the frame. And then you mm. can go ahead and prepare everything that you need to make that happen. You know, you visual and you know exactly where that person or the model needs to be in the shot, how you want it to line up, what kind of lighting you want, pre-visualizing it, okay? Because the the photography gods only smile at you once or twice or three or four times in your life. It's not consistent. So it's not a good way to get a lot of great shots. You need to plan them yourself, not not just have so them to you. Would you if it's a white cat in front of a red wall and then a yellow ball, are you suggest even pre-visualizing the shots uh, like like a wish like what you hope the like a wish list of shots in the sense that you may not even have a yellow ball or you should pre visualize your shots based on you the parameters that you happen to have at the mo at the moment 
Yeah, so if you're out on the street, Val, and you mm. see uh, the backdrop of the, this, like, oh, wow, this uh, this facade of this building is amazing, okay, yeah. that's going to be the background of my shot. Now I'm going to pre-visualize what I want the foreground to look like and I'm like, I know I want someone on a bike to ride by and then I'll fine-tune that any even more. I want someone on a bike in a suit right. to ride by. Right? I see what or, you're saying. Okay, so I'm pre-visualizing exactly what I want the shot to look like. If I'm planning yep. it from scratch, it's like yep. I'm going to go out and I'm going to scout a red wall. I'm going to find someone who has a white cat nearby mm-hmm. and I'm going to uh, find a yellow ball that I can bring into the shot and I'm going to make the shot from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So yep. next is uh, compose Val. So once you know what you're going to shoot, then I want take a few minutes to compose the shot. So really think carefully about like if you're shooting a landscape, uh, where is the sky? Do I want this to be all about the sky? Do I want it to be about the water? How, how am I saying this? Am I going to get down low? Am I going to be up high? What sort of vantage point? And just having mm. a think about it and uh, having a look through and trying a couple of diff- diff- different things. And so back to pre-visualizing, you've already thought about how you want your shot to look you've got it in your head so when you come back to composing it's just about being careful if you're going to have someone in the frame i want them to come in into the um you know first third of the frame you know one third in rather than just having a smack dab in the middle i want the eyes of my model to be in the top third of the frame rather than being so i'm trying to create an image that's visually exciting so um if if uh, you like that idea and have need to have a refresher on um, composing images, the EP63 of the podcast, uh, yep. go back and have a listen to that and uh, it's a good one to, for, for the listeners. And to it's get also to- just more efficient, isn't it? I mean, if you of take course. the time to do that, you can potentially get the shot done in a much quicker amount of time because you've, you're you're shooting immediately what you've already composed and what you've pre-visualized. You're not having to experiment. Go, oh, that that angle didn't quite work, or that didn't quite work. It's 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 just much more efficient. And in exactly. fact, I was channeling you the other day. <laughs> Well, I was you, you. You came to mind, and I and I thought, okay, I know what Gina would do in this situation because what happened was uh, when I went to install this uh, this uh, latest artwork that I've done that we've been talking about mm. in the offices of um, this this business. Um, it, it happened to coincide at the time or it took quite a while to install because it was a triptych, so there were three um, large canvases to install. Mm. And so we crossed over into the time when a photographer, they had booked a photographer to shoot five of the people in the business, right? Right. And so and they were actually going to shoot in the area um, near where the artwork was. So right. the photographer had arrived. There were the actual, you know, canvas installer people people drilling holes it was it was all very busy and I also needed the time to explain to the people in the business the story behind the artwork and I thought this is all we're going to run out of time and um but the photographer was there and I said I kind of had a word in his ear and I said I think it'd be more efficient (laughs) if you just showed them 
an image of how you want them to pose and where to sit and how to how to sit. Go Ooh, on. You go first. I'll just. I said. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll just be. I'll just pretend to be a fake model. No, well no, no, this was this was in the same room, but not in front of the paintings. But I channeled being a bloke because it was five blokes he was yeah. um shooting. And I went through the key poses, the key sitting down poses in the Gina Militia repertoire. <laughs> and I and I just got him to shoot that so that all he had to do was take his viewfinder to the other room where they were, show them they already decided so they didn't have to spend that time doing that yeah. and eat into my time that I was going to use to explain to Never. them the story behind the painting. <laughs> there you go. That's good. Yeah, yes. no, it makes perfect sense and that, that so is they chose a, a it all. way to do. Exactly, exactly. And they could just sit down and shoot when they're ready. Fantastic, Val. Yes, Look at you. You're going to be a photographer next? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Um, get sharp. So um, I know this has happened to me particularly uh, very early on. It's like have you ever uh, taken a, a shot that you thought like, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of go, you look at the screen, you go, oh, my God, this is photo of the year. Mm. This is photo of the year. And you do the lap of honour, you celebrate mm. with yourself as you do, like I do, <laughs> and then you go mm-hmm. home and uh, put it into the computer and uh, have a look and it's uh, soft. It's soft, right? yeah. Mm, well, soft. I, I that, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't sort of cheer and do a lap of honour and think it's photo of the year, but... But I yes, I'm guilty of that a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and it's it's sad because it's like oh my god, I've mm. uh, I've or it's just soft, which is a mm. common thing, and it's like in in the in in that wanting to shoot quickly, a lot of photographers, inexperienced photographers, are trying to I um, can't stop and look at the back of the screen and check focus because the model is not going to respect me because it makes me look incompetent is what they're thinking. I know because I've thought this. This is what I thought when I was starting out. I can't stop to check stuff because I should know what I'm doing. Not the case. Please take a moment, look at your model and go, I'm just going to check focus. There's nothing wrong with saying that. It doesn't mean that you can't focus your shot. It's important to check focus. And what you do, there is the LCD screen has two important functions. One, to check your exposure and composition, and two, to check your focus. And you can actually zoom right in to the eye and and have a look around and make sure that it's sharp whenever you're doing a, 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 a portrait. Check the shot is sharp where it needs to be sharp. Can't emphasize mm-hmm. that enough because, like, I have even spent time where it's like a ju- the photo's just out. You have to go back and sharpen it. I've sh- I've swapped eyes before from another frame. It's painful and it's uh, mm. it happens. But if you can avoid it, you can like check, do that. So make sure the image is sharp. All right. Yep. Definitely. Good one. What else? Uh, 
the next one, find or manufacture the best light. So mm. um, when you're setting up your shot, if you have a choice between a great location with bad light or a poor location with great light, always mm. pick the great light. Great light wins over location every single time. If you are a bit more advanced and you know how to light, and this what this means that you, as a photographer, if you know how to light, you can shoot anywhere. Um, manufacture the light, so bring the light with you, and that means that you can work in all the great locations. And that's why I'm saying, like, when you just shoot daylight. Uh, you really do and daylight is beautiful I get that but you limit yourself to only being able to work in certain situations and when the light changes and the good light goes away you can't shoot anymore so when you can manufacture that and you can manufacture light that looks just like daylight um you'll get a great shot. So spending that extra time to bring a little bit of fill in so that you get a little catch light in the eyes or just tweaking the light a little bit to make sure that it's hitting your subject properly and checking for shadows and checking the angle. Take a couple of minutes to do that and it's going to save you hours hours in post you never regret this no photographer ever said oh my god i wish i didn't waste so much time getting my lighting right (laughs) no one ever said that you know so it's important and uh finally val the one percenters one percenters i talk about this all the time and these seem like they really don't make a difference but this is the difference between these these following points about having a good photo and having a great photo. It's the combination yeah. of these little things, and this is what sets the great photographers apart from mm. the pack. And it's um, because anyone can take a photo these days. There's zero barrier to entry. Everyone has a cat. I go around to my mum's now. She's showing me photos on her iPhone. So I took this one. What do you think? <laughs> What do you think of this, Gina? And uh, it's, it's good. And uh, and here's one I took in a different light, and I'm doing. It's like she's all over it. I'm like, that's great. So everyone, and it's. But if the 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 newbie is not going to be paying attention to the tiny details because they're not seeing them. So little mm. things like is are there stray hairs across your model's face? complete Mm. nightmare to retouch that that is hours of work so just taking a second to go hang on there's a hair across your face just going to move it the posture of the model and how that's causing their clothes to bunch up right yeah so that's going to have a big effect and it's like if you've got like wrinkles that you're going to have to remove in post takes forever right? So looking in the back of the shot, is there garbage in the back of the shot? Is there a pole growing out of someone's head? What's the light back? Is Is the hair light correct? Is it all looking right? Just take a minute to pick up the rubbish or move a bin, a a, a trash can out of the back of the shot or move some leaves. That's going to take, save you hours in post and crooked ties, ill-fitting clothes, Everything is uh, all an extra time waster. Very, it uh, doesn't take long to fix at all. So there you go, Val. There's some tips on getting it right or being a sook. Have a sook. <laughs> be a sook. Be a sook. Be a sookie lala. Sookie lala. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. I love it. So tell me, Gina, then what is hashtag Gina challenge? We don't usually actually have a hashtag Gina challenge I've with our mini sods. But, but I want yeah, one. let's. And I've just changed it because I just thought of a better one. I was going to call it Sook, but now I've called it Suki Lala. Oh my god! All right, Suki Lala, fantastic! Suki Lala. I love it. <laughs> so, if you're new to us, then each week we have a hashtag Gina Challenge where we have a particular topic or theme, and you can interpret that topic or theme however you like, and upload your images into the podcast community on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for "So You Want to Be a Photographer" podcast community. We'd love to have you in there. It's free to join, and um, yeah, just put to your image in there with hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag Suki Lala. <laughs> um, and we'd love to see your shots. Uh, in the meantime, uh, where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, at Gina Militia on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what else is there, Val? Uh, Pinterest, everything, and uh, check out the tutorials in uh, YouTube as well. Lots of Lightroom and Photoshop tutorials there. Val, what about you? Uh, Well, of course, you'll find the show notes uh, also always at ginamilitia.com and you'll find me at at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and feel free to connect with me on Facebook as well. I'm the Valerie Koo that lives in Sydney. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.